Next up, we're not here to fight the war. We're here to end it. That's right. It's time for a special Rick and Rick review of the movie Captain Marvel. With all the fights, all the fury, and all the scene-stealing flurkins. <laughs> Plus a super-sized helping of Krees, Scrolls, hidden Marvel Easter eggs, and more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. Hey, happy St. Patrick's Day, right? Pretty awesome. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are doing the show on St. Patrick's Day today. And uh, I'm Rick Matheson. And as always, I am joined by my good pal, Rick Wooten. How are you doing, Rick Wooten? I'm doing great, man. Good. Well, you know, I have to say, all these years, I never put two and two together about how close your birthday is to St. Patrick's Day. I never put together the slightly reddish hair, the light... Yeah wrinkle-free skin, the green clover hat and the elf shoes, the all beer the in my hands. and shenanigans. We are recording this on St. Patty's Day, and in your honor, there is this new Saturday morning IPA. It's a new beer from this Virginia-based brewing company called Smart Mouth. They've come out with this beer that's brewed with Lucky Charms-inspired marshmallows. Now, unfortunately, it's only available in Virginia, but since this is an audio show, I'm going to give you some theater of the mind today so that you can imagine what it's like to enjoy Lucky Charms inspired beer, the breakfast of leprechauns. So I have, in your honor, brought a Guinness and I have a box of Lucky Charms inspired Lucky Charms. So you just have to imagine the scene. So make sure you can hear this. I'll put it up toward the mic, but uh, I'm going to open up the box of Lucky Charms inspired Lucky Charms. I'm pour some of it into this handy bowl I have right here. And I'm going to take out this bottle of Guinness. <laughs> and now I am going to proceed to douse the Lucky Charms, inspired Lucky Charms, with this Guinness. So while that's brewing or marinating, in your honor, I thought I'd do a dramatic reading of the Lucky Charms jingle, ASMR style. <laughs> so while that's getting ready, here we go. <clears throat> oh, fro fro frosted Lucky Charms. Hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moon, hourglasses, rainbows, rainbows, and tasty red balloons. Lucky charms. Frosty lucky charms. They're magically delicious. All right. I think our beer of charms is done here. The breakfast of leprechauns. The beer that eats like a meal. I'm going to give it a shot here. See what it tastes like. It really does not look or smell appetizing at all. It doesn't sound appetizing either. It's kind of brown. Okay, here we go. Mmm. It oh. tastes like feet. I was going to say, I can't imagine oh. that's a good taste. It's it's magically disgusting. Um, take one more bite here. I guess one wasn't enough. Yeah. Yuck. Oh, what the guy say in that movie? Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Ma'am. Okay, my apologies to Smart Mouth Beer. We're sure your Saturday morning IPA is awesome. This little concoction of ours is not. So, um, but it was in your honor. You're a brave man. You're yeah, a brave closest, man, Rick. Closest thing we could do to our own Saturday. This is our this is our St. Patty's Day IPA. Oh, I gotta have some water. Hold on. <laughs> I think you would have done better with corned beef and cabbage with the Guinness as opposed to the for Lucky sure. Charms. Okay. So, folks, thanks for joining us. We're actually inserting this episode between episode one and episode two of our annual predictions episode. So 
Last episode, we did our prediction scorecard, so you could hear how well we did in our marketing predictions for 2018. Now, one year later, what we got right and where we went horribly wrong. And the next episode, you can hear about our predictions for the rest of 2019. But first, we are going to do our official review of Captain Marvel. And right. plus, we've got loaded questions, Captain Marvel edition as well. So it's all going to start right after we return from this short break. So stay tuned. Is the short break so that you can run to the bathroom really quick? Oh, hey, Rick and Rick Nation. Don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. And we're back. Welcome, Rick and Rick Nation. You are just in time for the official Rick and Rick review of Marvel's new blockbuster hit, Captain Marvel. So you just saw it today. I, I didn't check the numbers today. I know it had just an enormous opening weekend. I saw it the Thursday, that preview night before its official opening. It's been, what, two weeks now? I haven't seen the latest numbers, but huge the first week. Did you have a big crowd when you went today? Yeah, the theater was completely booked, uh, and I went to it uh I think it was a 10:30 show in the morning, thinking that it wouldn't be bad, and it was it was totally sold out. So wow. uh, I think I think the the movie is performing great. I I think that uh, that they have a blockbuster in their hands here. Yeah, pardon the pun there, since she falls through one. I have to tell you, every time I talk about Captain Marvel, my my DC comic fans come out and they love mm -hmm. to point out that. You know, Captain Marvel was not first in the in the Marvel Universe. The DC had it first, right? Yes. yes. That's, that's like the easy hit. Uh, it turns out that that's actually not true. Um, and, and I thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, Captain Marvel was actually first introduced by a company called Fawcett Comics yeah. in Wiz Comics number two in 1940. That's that right. And so, uh, you know, DC uh, had nothing to do with that. And in fact, DC, uh, you know, because of the success of that first Captain Marvel comic, uh, ended up suing uh, them for a number of years, like 20 years that they went back and forth suing them, lost in court a couple of times and that sort of thing, uh, because uh, Captain Marvel ended up outselling uh, Superman, right? And there was a there was a lot of similarity between the two, and so there was a there was a big thing about that. And eventually, uh, first they licensed it. DC licensed the the Captain Marvel and Friends. I guess there was a whole bunch of them, like yep. you know, Kid Marvel and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, and then eventually bought out the rights to all of that. But unfortunately, they missed the boat uh, because that didn't happen until 19, I think 72 or maybe 72 is when they relaunched Captain Marvel Shazam. But by yep. then. Uh, Marvel had started publishing a Captain Marvel comic uh, and with a totally different storyline. It's interesting how how different there's some similarities, but at the same time kind of different. Uh, and then, you know, the kind of the rest is history. So on the Marvel side, there have been a bunch of different uh, Captain Marvels. The first one was Marvel. Uh, the second one was uh, Monica, uh, was it Rambeau? And that was in 1982. Uh, then there was Janice Vale, which was in 1993. Uh, Phyla Vale, which was in 2004, which is, a, I think, a daughter, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this one, Kanair, or whatever it was, in 2007, and then uh, Novar in 2000, and then finally Carol Danvers in 2012, but that's actually not the full story. Originally, I mean, Carol Danvers actually goes all the way back to 1977, uh, but at that time, with the way they wrote the story, Captain uh, Marvel, the Marvel version of Captain Marvel, had a partner, and that partner was Miss Marvel. And uh, and so Carol Danvers originally started 1977 as Miss Marvel, and then going back all the way up to 2012, 
you know, after Marvell passed away, she decided to take that name in honor of him, and uh, that's when in 2012 she changed her name to Captain Marvel, and that's wow. that's what the character has been since then. Which is it's just a fascinating story at how many iterations and variations they've had on this. So this movie, uh, Captain Marvel, it's set in 1995 and stars Brie Larson as an extraterrestrial Kree warrior named, at least ostensibly, Veers, who finds herself caught in the middle of a, like an intergalactic battle between the Kree and the Skrulls. The Kree are generally humanoid. They look like human beings. And the Skrull, they kind of have green faces like the Goblin from Spider-Man. But they can shapeshift. They can literally turn into another person. And in this story, this Veers character has been struck by amnesia, and she possesses these amazing powers gained when she absorbed this kind of energy blast. And that is the point where she doesn't remember her life before whatever that energy blast was. She works to take control of her powers, working with her, her mentor, Jan Rog, played by Jude Law. And then in addition to this sort of dampener placed on her neck, she gets to hear Jan Rog chide her not to get so emotional because no woman ever tires of hearing that. And when she can't control herself, <laughs> She works with the Kree Supreme Intelligence, which, which is this AI-based entity who manifests itself as Annette Benning. <laughs> During this mission, she goes to, I don't know, she's chasing the scrolls or something, and she goes to Earth. But she keeps having reoccurring memories of another life on Earth as U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. So she starts off and is in pursuit of this scroll soldier who is, who is on the loose. Along the way, with the help of a much younger, much nerdier Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her actual past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with what she thought were the evil scrolls. Along the way, she, and rather Nick Fury, adopts a stray cat called Goose, who is a whole lot more than it seems. So great adventure, and in the climax of the film, she pulls the dampener off, lets her powers loose, and she kicks some serious ass. I, I thought it was a really fun movie. You know, I, I really, really like the movie. Uh, you know, we We've had a, a, several movies that have come out recently that have been trying to address political things that are going on, and some of them have done a better job at integrating that message into, you know, a real movie uh, versus just trying to make the, the the statement. And I'd say this one did the best. I I'd say of the ones we watched recently, this is probably uh, one of my favorite superhero movies, um, you know might even have enjoyed it a little bit more than than wonder woman which was my favorite for a bit um it, it's an interesting movie somebody uh pointed this out online recently that this is actually uh in the mcu the first female kind of solo movie yep. which uh, i hadn't realized but thinking back that's absolutely true but i thought they did a fantastic job the storytelling was great it had a good pace to it you know kept me interested uh lots of things that uh you know i knew something was up with the cat but i didn't know exactly what was up with the cat until the tentacles came came right. out of the face so it was you know it really kept me on the edge of my seat and, and i had a i had an absolute blast lots of action i love that opening so normally you see the marvel production logo come up on screen it shows the marvel yes. heroes and whatnot and this time out they replaced the heroes with stan lee followed by yep. a simple thank you stan and uh, the audience that i was watching with that got them completely primed for for the movie there's tons of 90s jokes there's a point where carol is taking on the bad guy and it's set to no doubts just a girl and there are other 90s era songs so it is fun it is fast-paced i can see why 
you would like it better than Wonder Woman. I don't think I did, but it is a much more action-packed movie. There were a couple of things that didn't work for me, and I think this is why I didn't like it as much as Wonder Woman, is I had a hard time actually caring about Danvers. She wasn't really seeking the truth about who she was. She just kind of stumbles upon it. She was content with where, you know, her life and whatever. It was only on accident that she started to realize, wait, things aren't what I thought they were. And we have these little tiny glimpses of her growing up, just, you know, these flashes. We don't actually have scenes with Carol growing up like we do with Diana in Wonder Woman, where we know really young Diana. We know teenage Diana. And so by the time she's an adult, we've already kind of emotionally invested in the character a little bit. Whereas here, we didn't get that beyond some visual cues that I felt were a little on the nose. It felt a little didactic to me, the things where she has flashes of playing baseball, she's driving go-karts, she's going into the military. And each of these instances or flashes, she's somehow knocked down, as anyone is, but core to the character as she gets up and just tries again harder. It is super inspirational. And uh, that cathartic moment when we see all those flashes come together as she sort of sets her powers free. But, you know, since we didn't have that time with her, I just, I couldn't quite get as invested in the character in quite the way that in Wonder Woman. How much do you think that is because you grew up reading the comic books and had a better backstory than uh, you point. did with Ms. Marvel. Yeah, fair point. I think that, you know, I did grow up with the DC characters. And so I knew even beyond what they had in those early scenes to connect with. And I didn't hear. I, I'm just saying from a, a moviegoer who is not familiar with this particular material, I wished that they had had scenes and more dialogue with the younger version of Carol Danvers yeah. along the way. It could, I think it could have only benefited from that. In fact, the only person who really brought heart or the feels to the movie was really that best friend, uh, Maria Ram Rambo, was it? She brought so much heart. But then Samuel L. Jackson, it was a younger, nerdier, and nicer version of him. But for whatever reason, I was having a hard time buying it. Partly because we've spent so much time with Nick from 2012 through 2019, and he's a very different person. But then again, we're all very different than we were in 1995. So it was smart to play him more naive, and it was part of the humor of this. But there were parts of it, especially when he first meets Goose, where I was like, really? Nick Fury doing that? Okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So there were just little. It, it did. It did seem a little out of character. I had the. I had the same reaction. You know, there's there was three things that I picked up on, and I think you've covered almost all of them. Uh, one was I. I did. I felt like there was missing pieces of the Carol Danvers story because mm -hmm. I, I believe it or not, I'm not really not that familiar with with Captain Marvel outside of doing the research and watching the movie. I, okay. I have one or two Miss Marvel comics, and literally that's it. Okay. So I felt like a little bit of the backstory was missing, and uh, I was. A little bothered by how flat she played the character, but I figured that was to tie in with the fact that the Cree had been you know, training her to suppress her emotion the whole time. Right. But I was hoping that we would have that breakthrough revelation that I think that you were yeah. looking for as well yeah. that we didn't quite see. And then some of the special effects I, I thought were a little hokey. I mean, the cat, I think every scene with the cat was CG. Yeah. And uh, it was just a little, um, it just looked like CG. And then, you know, even seeing Coulson and Nick Fury and the younger stage looked a little like, you know, it had been kind of over Photoshopped a little bit. So I was a little yeah. disappointed in that. But, you know, I was still able to suspend disbelief and really enjoy the movie, even with a few of these, these smaller details. Great. Well, we have to go to our second break here. When we come back, we've got loaded questions, the Captain Marvel edition. So stay tuned.
All right, true believers, Rick and Rick rule the world here. Rick Matheson with Rick Wooten, and it is time to play Loaded Questions, the part of the show where we pose questions about what's happening in the worlds of marketing, media, tech, and pop culture. But this instance, it's all pop culture and all about this month's big superhero movie, Captain Marvel. Rick's going to play in studio, and you can play at home. So, uh, Rick Wooten, are you ready for some loaded questions? Let's see how I do. I'm ready. All right. Now, some of this is backstory. Some of this is, you know, production stuff. So we'll, we'll see here. In Captain Marvel, 90s-era test pilot Carol Danvers gets her superpowers after an accident piloting an experimental aircraft designed by Dr. Wendy Lawson, played by Annette Binning, who also doubles as 2019-era Carol's Manifestation, of the Kree's AI-based supreme intelligence. But in the comics, Wendy Larson was which of these? A, secretly a Kree scientist named Marvell. B, secretly a scroll scientist known as Science Guide. C, a human <laughs> rights advocate named Sidney Allen Wade. D, a human scientist named Walter Lawson. Or E, a human scientist named Richard Dawson. In the comics, Wendy Larson was actually which of these? Uh, she was a Cree scientist. That was what she was in the movie. The answer is actually D. She was actually a male, a human scientist named Walter Lawson. So according to Ranker.com, the comic book version of Wendy Lawson was a scientist named Walter Lawson. So they switched the gender there for that character. Question number two. In the comic books, Carol's scene-stealing cat slash flurkin is named which of the following? A, Bobo the Bongo playing octopus. <laughs> B, Merkel, C, Alf, <laughs> D, Chewy, or E, Boner. Which of these was the cat's real name in the comic books? Chewy. You are correct. The answer is D, Chewy. I, I really do wish it was Bongo the drum playing octopus. <laughs> So according again to Ranker.com, comic book Carol has a pet cat named Chewy that turns out to be a flurkin with the ability to store items inside a pocket dimension inside its mouth. So this thing had those tentacles, as Rick Wooten was talking about, that would grab people or whatever, anything, and pull it in to his maw and they would be disappeared into this pocket dimension. Topo was the bongo playing octopus seen in Aquaman. Merkel was a character from 1990s era sitcom Family Matters. Alf was an alien living with a family in an eponymous 90s sitcom. And Richard Boner Stabone or Staboni was the best friend of Kirk Cameron's Mike Seaver in the 80s, 90s sitcom Growing Pains. Question number three. Captain Marvel co-stars Samuel L. Jackson as a younger 1990s era Nick Fury. Fury. That makes this movie which of the following? A, Nick Fury's ninth appearance in the MCU. B, an alternate universe. I guess because in the first Iron Man, we learned that Nick Fury lost his eye due to misplaced trust during a mission gone awry in the year 2004. C, Nick Fury's 11th appearance in the MCU. Or D, Nick Fury's eighth appearance in the MCU. What does the fact that Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie make this movie? I have no idea. I, I, have, I thought he was in every one of them, so uh, I would have guessed a much higher number. So I guess I guess by elimination, I'm going to have to take the answer. I think it was B, where you talked about uh, that this wasn't how he reported that he lost his eye, so it's a change. Unfortunately, no. So the answer is not B. I just made that one up. So A, <laughs> according to MarvelCinematicUniverse.Fandom.com, Captain Marvel marks the ninth appearance of Sam Jackson's Nick Fury, beginning with Iron Man in 2008. Question number four. As shown in this most recent MCU movie, 
The source of Captain Marvel's superpowers is which of the following? A, the wizard Shazam. B, energy from the Power Stone first seen in Avengers Infinity War. C, energy from the Tesseract first seen in Captain America the First Avenger. Or D, energy from the dying star orbiting Nadivalir, I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure, where Eitri, saying that wrong, forged Thor's Stormbreaker axe first seen in Avengers Infinity War. Which of these is the source of Captain Marvel's superpowers? I didn't hear you say anything about the, the generator, right? So it was actually from the explosion of the uh, of the engine. You are correct, but that engine was being fueled by one of these things. The Wizard Shazam, <laughs> or, no. the, or the Power Stone, first seen in Avengers uh, Infinity War, or the Tesseract, or whatever, the dying star orbiting Nadivalir. Well, we see the we see the Tesseract cube in the show, but I don't think that was actually how it was powered. I mean, but if if, if that's what it says, that's what it is. You are correct. The answer is C. The energy wave Carol absorbed from the Tesseract first seen in Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay, final question. Which of the following is not a true statement about this movie? A. Goose is played by four different cat actors named Reggie, Rizzo, Gonzo, and Archie. B. Brie Larson is allergic to cats, so her scenes involving Goose were filmed with a puppet or computer-generated VFX. C. The name Captain Marvel is only used twice in the entire movie. Or D. When Brie Larson's casting was announced at Comic-Con, CNN ran the headline, Shazam! Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. Apparently not Brie that those are two different things. Which of those is not a true statement? I have no idea. They all sound outlandish and plausible. Which one is it? It is C. According to IMDb, all of these statements are true, except C, because the name Captain Marvel was only used once in the entire movie and only in the end credits. It is never uttered anywhere by the characters in this whole movie. Interesting. One final question for you, Rick. What am I going to do with the rest of this Lucky Charms-inspired Lucky Charms beer? <laughs> I think you're going to find a garbage disposal and get rid of it. <laughs> I think you're right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please come back for the one show where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world. Thanks so much, everyone.